Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to thank God for the promise of our Father podcast. We want to thank God for the Spiritual Cuts ministry. We want to thank God for the Spiritual Cuts leaders out there all across the world and all in these continents teaching the words of eternal life. And I pray that you continue to share these words with the people of God and those who are interested in understanding huh, where God has taken us in these next few years, in these next few days, in these next few weeks. Because God's word promised that that it wouldn't return to him void. So God is speaking in the earthly realm, and he said that I'm going to judge the earth in the book of Acts 17.31. He said, I'm going to judge the earth in righteousness, but in the way of righteousness is eternal life in Proverbs 12.28. So in essence, God is teaching us or telling us, huh? I'm going to judge the earth and the people that live in it on eternal life. Do you believe in eternal life? Not after you die, it's something that you get, huh? Like they say in the churches and like the spiritual church leaders are teaching that you get it after you die. And then that's what you get once you get up in the resurrection. That's the resurrected life. But God says eternal life is I am the bread of eternal life. My flesh that I give, my flesh that I give is for the life of the world. He said I for the life, the eternal life of the world. And your God says, I have you, son, to teach these message because I have found one among a thousand. And I pray that you continue to pray for the ministry and pray for the, the people of God and as we continue to grow. And I know this message is hard to resonate with or begin to comprehend or even understand. First of all, because we've been taught we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. And, you know, life is short. Second of all, because we see all these different people dying every day in the earth. But in the third of all, we just can't comprehend something what God wants us to understand in the spirit. We try to comprehend it in the flesh. So God says, teach on what I want you to teach on, son. And I'm going to show my people my glory in the earthly realm. So I want you to realize that God is blessing us. Here at the Spiritual Clutch Ministry and all those who are understanding and starting to listen and comprehend with the spirit of him and the promise of our Father is saying to the church, let us continue and pick up where we left off in the last episode. Amen. Let's go to Job 33, verse 23. And it says, if there is a messenger of God, if there is a messenger or a mediator, a mediator of God, one among a thousand, to show man and woman God uprightness. Then God is gracious to the man and woman and says, deliver my people from going down to the pit. God says, deliver my people from going down to the grave. God says, deliver my people from going down to death. I have found the ransom to go out there to teach the words of eternal life, to let them know they don't have to go to the pit, they don't have to go to the grave, and they don't have to see or taste death. I have found myself a ransom. In verse 25 in Job, or Job 33, and he says, his and her flesh, the one who's out there doing the work of the ministry, edifying the body of Christ, his or her flesh shall be young like a child. 
He and she shall return to the days of their youth. So God is giving us a reward for comprehending, understanding, believing, and knowing that we have eternal life. He's reversing our age. He's reversing all this decrepancy that is trying to take place in our bodies. He's reversing us back to our youth when we was young and when we were strong. And God says he's doing that because I know that you are doing what I'm asking you to do as delivering my people from the pit, as delivering my people from death, as delivering my people from the grave. But to those who are out there teaching, people have to go to the grave and they all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and life is too short. Oh, you better be, you better be ready for when God judge you in that appointed time for eternal life. Huh? Look what he said in verse 26. He says, he and she, he and she shall pray to God and God will delight in them and they shall see his face with joy. And God will restore to man and restore to woman his righteousness. Come out. God will restore to the man, and he has found himself a ransom. He will restore to man, and he will restore to woman his righteousness. The one who's out there delivering those from the pit, delivering those from the grave, delivering those from death. He said, I'm going to reverse your age and bring you back to your youth. Huh? I'm going to change your flesh. Yay, glory. Come on. And then he says, I'm going to give them huh, his eternal glory, his eternal life, his eternal spirit. God is an awesome God. I'm going to tag this like I did in all the other ones because I don't want to change it up because I want you to know where you're at when you're listening. Return back to God, eternal righteousness, part four. Return to God. Eternal Righteousness, Part 4. Now, it may have a different title when you listen to it or look for it, but return to God, back to God's eternal righteousness or God eternal life, Part 4. So I name them Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, Part 4. But I want you to know that the title of it may seem different when you look for it, but when you hear it in the intro, you'll know where you're at. And if you're on two, you need to go back before that, and that's the part one. But you got to get all four parts. Come on. Because this message started out with the same title and with the same, uh, uh, the same scriptures from out of Job. But we're going to end it right here with part four. Huh? And like I said before, hate crimes in the United States, and we're doing the rehash, hate crimes in the United States has quadrupled in the last several months, in the last several days, in the last several weeks in the United States and all over the world. Huh? I want you to know that, there, that, that, that there's too much of semi or anti-Semitism in the United States and across the world. But the most thing that gets me, there's more anti-Semitism in the churches, hate crime, in religion, hate crimes all over. And we all supposed to be studying from the same Bible. 
Because Christianity in the United States is supposed to be the main prominent huh, religion that is studied. Although you got Muslims and you got Islam and you got all types of different other teaching in the earth. But God says that my word will not return to me void. I don't know God as Allah. And I don't know God as other people know God as Hindu, Hande. I don't know God as any other God, but my God who created the heavens and the earth. Huh? So whoever God you're serving, it is amazing how anti-Semitism is taking place and is over 400% increase in the United States and all over the world that is taking place through this war of Israel and this war of Hamas and this war in Russia and this war in, 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 in Ukraine and this war that we are fighting in the United States on drugs and drug trafficking, huh? human trafficking. I want you to know that God God is saying, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of all this foolishness that is taking place in the earth realm because I am judging the earth on eternal life. Do you believe that I promise you eternal life? Huh? He said these religious hate crimes has to go. And there's so many religious hate crimes right inside the religion that they hate. They hate their own religion and don't even know they might hate this church. This church might hate that church and that church might hate this church. But the churches hate each other because they all are not on one accord with God. They are equally yoked with each other, but neither one of them are equally yoked with God. Because if you don't believe in the words of eternal life, you are equally yoked with God. You might know Jesus huh, as the Christ, but if you are unequally yoked with the spirit of him, and the promise of our Father, that is a sign of anti-Semitism. That is a sign of the anti-Christ that is in the world. And it is even among us yet today. There's 400% increase in anti-Semitism in the churches, in the United States, and all over the world. My brother, we got to get this right. So we here at the Spiritual Crush Ministry, we just want to rightly divide the word of truth, study the words of eternal life, and show our self-approval unto God. I pray that this ministry take your 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 your, your, your spirit, take you take your 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 mindset into another dimension with God, because we should have the mind of Christ. Huh? In second, in, in first, in first Corinthians chapter two, verse sixteen says, "Huh? Who can give instructions unto God? But we have the mind of Christ. See, we have the mind of Christ." So if you got the mind of Christ, and in Philippians huh, verse chapter 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind that be in you be also in Christ Jesus. He said that who thought it not robbery, although he was in the form of a man, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. See, most people are afraid to be equal with God. But when you start understanding the words of eternal life, you know that you have the equality of God because you are his sons and daughters. See? that believe in his promise, that he promised us eternal life. He says, if you search the scriptures, you would know that you have eternal life. 
Huh? These are they that testify of my son Christ. But you won't come to Christ because you won't testify of him as being my son, my beloved son, in whom I have sent to teach on eternal life. Hmm? So we're going to pick up where we left off huh? about the body of our Lord Jesus. Because the body of our Lord Jesus, as you confess with your mouth out of Romans 10, 9, and believe in your heart that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead by God, you shall be saved. So now we need to know the purpose of the Lord Jesus. And we found out the purpose of the Lord Jesus was in, in, in John 1, 29. Behold, look, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. But before Jesus knew he was the Lamb, he had to reveal it to John. John was revealed when, when Jesus was walking towards him to be baptized. And God revealed to John, tell him he is the Lamb of God. So both of them had just found out who the Lamb of God was through revelation. And John realized he came to take away the sin of the world. So now that we have, huh, that if the, if the body of the Lord Jesus take away the sin in the world, or that take away the sin in the people, let's continue explaining and pick up where we left off in the last episode. Now, we're going to rehash, and then we're going to go forward. And you may hear something we spoke in the last episode, but that's fine. Romans 8, verse 8, explains to us the sin. Romans 8 says, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone including Christians and believers and saints of God, does not have the Spirit of Christ. He or she has not the Spirit of God in them. You hear what I'm saying? So if you are in the flesh, and we are teaching on eternal life and living forever and not dying in this flesh, you can never understand or comprehend the teaching of God and the teaching of Christ. Why? Because you are trying to figure out something pertaining to God and Christ where neither of the two bodies or the two spirits abide. The spirit of God does not abide in flesh in the flesh you think. All flesh ain't the same flesh, but there's a different kind of flesh of God. So therefore, the spirit of God does not abide in the flesh that was made from the dust of the ground until the dust of the ground flesh understands the spirit of God. God and the Lord God he raised from the from the from the grave. So you cannot never understand or comprehend the teaching of Christ and the teaching of God. Because you're trying to do something that God and the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ does not abide. And for that reason you cannot please him. Nor can you please Christ. And the scripture says, you are none of his. And you have to understand who is the, the his you are none of. The his is the spirit of God that's supposed to dwell in you. And you have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus. 
Now, this teaching is straight from scriptures in Romans 8, 9. Then it goes to say in the next verse in Romans 8, 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But, but because of the spirit of God is eternal life because of righteousness. So if Proverbs 12, 28 says, in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in the pathway. Let's look again at Romans 10. Excuse me, Romans 8, 10. And verse 10 says, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But because of the Spirit of God is eternal life because of eternal life. Especially if in the way huh, of righteousness is eternal life and there is no death in this pathway. Now, if the Spirit of God is in you, you have the eternal life. And if, if Christ is in you, you have the eternal life of God in Christ. This is a picture of the righteousness of God that we find in Romans 1.17. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Uh, this is a picture of the eternal, uh, of the eternal glory. Huh? The eternal glory and the eternal life of God that is revealed from the eternal body of God huh? and the eternal body of Christ found in Romans 1.17, as I said before. But if Romans, but in Christ, but if Christ in Romans 8.10 says, but if Christ be in you and if Christ be in me, the body is dead because of sin. Now we have to figure out what body that is in us. That is dead because of sin. We need to remember that Jesus' body was made for the sin of the world. And if the body is dead because of sin, this body has to be the body of the Lord Jesus. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. In Romans 10, 9. We need to also remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. How we always care about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the eternal life of the Lord Jesus also be manifested in our mortal bodies is getting interest, interested, my brothers and sisters. And we who are alive and remain are always delivered to death for the Lord Jesus' sake, that the eternal life of the Lord Jesus also be manifested in our mortal flesh. Now, if the body is dead because of sin and the Lord Jesus came down through 42 generations for sin in the body and our salvation has come from out of comprehending and understanding why we are confessing with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. If the portion of our salvation is lost and if that portion and this portion is of our salvation is lost, and if the portion of our, if the salvation is not explained, you will never grasp or perceive the righteousness of God or the eternal life of God is revealed from faith to faith or from God's eternal body to Christ's eternal body to have the eternal life of God as the promise of our Father. So when scriptures says the just shall live by faith or the just shall live by the understanding and believing in thy heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, 
And through that process of raising God, God raising the Lord Jesus from the dead, when the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead, you were too. See? Come on. So if you were too raised from the dead, you have to understand that when he was raised from the dead, you were too. And most times, people don't understand when the scriptures is teaching us this because we've been taught things that is not actually of God because we think uh, 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 being raised from the dead, him being raised from the dead is the finalization of, of us having eternal life. And it's not. So we are too where Christ is at, where Jesus is at as the Lord Jesus, because now something has changed in the Lord Jesus and the paradigm shift has taken place in the change. So if you don't understand the paradigm shift or the transformation huh, or the transfiguration of what happened through the Lord Jesus being raised from the dead on the third day by God, you are missing out on the most powerful message that God has given us to understand from out of Romans 10, 9. But since it never been explained the way God wanted to be preached or teach or taught through his teaching from Christ, he said that you will never get my words of eternal life and understanding. So when scripture says the just shall live by faith, it is saying something so powerful and we're going to get into that. This is where the conflict and the lack of knowledge and the lack of understanding of the purpose of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because Christians and believers and saints of God is still worshiping Jesus on the cross. But God who has raised him, the Lord Jesus from the dead, has a new purpose in our life. Now, since he has been raised from the dead, this body of the Lord Jesus, who we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that the Lord God has raised him from the dead, brings us into huh, the newness of eternal life and the renewing of the spirit of our mind. And this new man as the Lord Jesus, who God raised from the dead, has no sin in his body. Come out. So if we receive this body of the Lord Jesus that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we too have no sin in us. Why? Because the body of the Lord Jesus has already served his purpose in death to take away the sin in the world or the sin in the people as the Lamb of God, as we find in John 1, 29. Now we are birthed. Now we are born. Now we are baptized again into something we can't understand. Because we are trying to understand, huh? We're trying to understand it in the flesh and not in the spirit. Because you cannot please God in the flesh. The Lord Jesus, as the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin in God's people, has taken away sin out of our flesh. And now that's why scriptures in Romans 8, 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
But if the Lord God, or the, excuse me, the Lord Jesus, as the Lamb of God, who takes away sin from out of the flesh, allow for us not to be in the flesh. Since we cannot please God in the flesh, God had to provide a way for us to not be in the flesh. You hear me? You got to get this. My God. So God made a way and made provision for us to not to be in the flesh because being in the flesh does not please God. Huh? And it is impossible to please God without faith because the faith that God is looking for is a different type of flesh of the faith that God needs from us to believe in. We believe in faith in the flesh. We don't believe in faith in the body. Shake glory. See, there's two types of faith. That's the faith in the flesh, but that's faith in the body of Christ. Oh, I got to get out of there. Since we cannot please God in the flesh, God had to provide a way for us to not to be in the flesh. Why? Because in the flesh, there's no good thing in it. There's no good thing in the flesh. This is why he sent his son to make flesh. Huh? This is why he sent his son to make it flesh, to take away the sin in the flesh. Romans 8, 9 says, but you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit of God. And if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone, especially Christians and believers and saints of God, does not have the spirit of Christ, you are no part of God's spirit. You are not a part of the Spirit of God. I didn't say this. This is scriptures. Why we are not a part of God's Spirit if we are walking and operating in the flesh? Because you only believe in the Lord Jesus' Spirit, who God raised from the dead, and know and 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 and. and and you don't understand the process of the death of the Lord Jesus. You don't understand the process of the burial of the Lord Jesus. You have not comprehend the understanding, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And while the body is dead, if Christ be in you and the spirit of God that dwells in you is eternal life through Christ's eternal body, if the body is dead because of sin. So the body that is dead because of sin has to lie dormant in a place where the body of the spirit that was raised from the dead as the Lord Jesus and the Lord Christ, if that body dwells in you, you are in another form. Come on. Romans 6.1 explains it better. Let's deal with that. Remember Romans 8.10 says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Why? Because of sin. Romans 6 1 says, Shall we say, what shall we say then? Shall we continue worship and sin in the dead body? That grace may abound? Romans 6 2 says, Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? I tell you, because they are still saying we all have to die, huh? And tomorrow's not promised, and life is too short. So they live in something they believe in and confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. That's why they are living longer in sin, and that's why we are seeing the the the, the death toll raising up four hundred percent through the anti-Semitism, huh? 
because God's sick of people talking about they all have to die and we all ain't going to be here in the tomorrow's not final. Well, God giving you what you're asking for. And if you're one of them spiritual church leaders, if you're one of them leaders out there, if you're one of them as a member who's listening to the spiritual church leaders, and if you're from whosoever moved church, and if you're from the church of Kanukanuk, I don't understand. If you can't understand what God is saying and you continue saying what you're saying, you deserve what you're asking for because God says whatever they ask me for, I would give it to them. Our God is a, is a God of love, and he's a God of kindness forever. His love and kindness endure forever, so he won't deny you what you keep praying for. You are praying that tomorrow don't come. You are praying that we all have to die. You are praying that life is too short, so I don't blame him. If you don't change your language, then you talk about life and death is in my power to tongue. And yeah, you've been re reciting death. You've been giving power to death because God is sick and tired of people giving power of something that he has power over and even gave it to us in Luke chapter 10. I have given you power over all the enemy. And in 1 Corinthians huh, huh, 26, it says, in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, and he says, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Why are you around here giving back the power with something God gave you the power over of only because the ignorance and the lack of knowledge and the bad teaching that is out there. Y'all not going to like me by the time I finish all these messages. What shall we say then? Shall we continue worship and sin in the dead body that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Question. When did we die to sin? Uh-oh, I'm glad you asked. We died to sin when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. That's the day you died to sin, and this is the day that the body became dead and lied dormant because of sin. If indeed the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ dwells in you. Romans 6, 2 says, How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? When you declare out of your mouth and believe in your heart, we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and life is too short. You are living in sin. Romans 6, 3 tells us why. Because Christians and believers that we all have to die, believe that we all have to die, and tomorrow's not promised and life is too short because they don't know the power of the truth of God pertaining to the power of Christ's resurrection. Hmm? Most people don't even understand the power of Christ's resurrection. See, the power of Christ's resurrection raised Jesus up while he raised himself up, but God raised, Jesus, raised Christ Jesus up. 
And that's the power of Christ and the power of God resurrection. But when you go back in some of the episodes, we show you how the power of Christ raised Jesus from the dead. His blood that was at the cross when the Roman soldiers stuck him in the side and he bled and he promised that he would come back to get him. So when he stuck him in the side, the blood gushed out, the blood in the water. So Christ went and heard the voice, the, the, the voice of the blood crying from the bottom of the cross and he promised in John 14 that he will where I am you will be also huh so he went got him and he says where I go you shall be us. so so Christ went got him from the from the, the the base of the cross and brought him into the tomb because the life of the flesh is in the blood if the life of the flesh is in the blood all Christ had to do was raise the blood and the life in it and the body of Jesus has changed now to the Lamb of God in the body of Christ so now even Christ had a ceremony in the tomb huh so the power of Christ's resurrection, you have to understand, it took place just like he changed the water into wine. In John 4, he changed also, listen to this here, he changed also the body, the blood and the water of Jesus. Hey, into a body that was made without hands through the spirit of God because God gave Christ the spirit to change the body if he gave him the spirit to change the water into wine. So the water and the wine would represent the water and the blood but Christ took the blood and the water of Jesus from the base of the cross and he manifests the glory of God. So when God says you began to understand the power of Christ's resurrection he says in Romans 6, 3, or do you not know that as many of us was baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Let's look at what happened after the Lord Jesus was baptized by Christ. Let's go to John 4. Uh, this is when Christ had just baptized Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? This is when Christ had just baptized Jesus. And to get in the place where Christ has just baptized Jesus is going to open up the scriptures that we may comprehend and understand. And Christ says that in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 24, he says, I'm teaching you these things so that, you, uh, so that I can open up the scriptures through the Psalms, through the prophet, through Moses, he says, and through the law. He says, I'm opening up the scriptures. Hey, glory. So this is what we are doing right now. We are opening up the scriptures. If, 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 if Romans 6, 3 says, do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus? See, it's not Jesus anymore. It's Christ Jesus. We're baptized into his death. So now Christ has baptized Jesus and Jesus has to baptize us or we have to be baptized into Jesus to get to Christ. Just like Christ has to, just like Jesus had to be baptized in Christ to get back to God because no one can come to God except through Christ. But in our case, we have to understand that we are always caring about in the body, the Lord Jesus' death. 
Uh-oh. So if we're caring about the Lord Jesus' death, we have to understand the Lord Jesus' resurrection. So if Christ baptized the Lord Jesus, let's see when the Lord Jesus was baptized by Christ. In, in John chapter 4, it says, Therefore, when Christ knew that the Pharisees had heard that Christ made and baptized more disciples than Jesus, Excuse me, let me see, read that again because it ain't Jesus John. Therefore, when Christ knew that the Pharisees had heard that Christ made and baptized more disciples than John, though Christ himself did not baptize, but his disciples. <laughs> Look at this. This is heavy. I like this your stuff, man. Y'all don't know how I be jumping up and down when I be studying and writing the words of God when he be feeding me the, the knowledge of his glory. He says, Look here, Christ made and baptized. See, Christ didn't have to put his hands on anything to made and baptize. He baptized more than John. <laughs> Come on, though Christ himself did not baptize, but his disciples. You can't just make this stuff up. It's right here in our face, huh? right here in the scriptures. This verse of scriptures referring to Romans 6, 3. Or do you not know that as many as us, Christians and believers and saints of God, were baptized into Christ? Jesus were baptized into his death. This is so very powerful, although it seems so simple. This is very powerful. Why? Because Christians and believers are baptized into something they cannot comprehend or understand. And my brothers, huh? My brother S. Lee always told me. He said, "Look here, check this out, Pastor Dean. What's what's understood don't need to be explained. Come on." So even S. Lee understood the process of what God was talking about, being baptized in Jesus, being baptized by Christ, who made and baptized more, more disciples than John, who made and baptized more disciples. People think because they're baptized in the Lord Jesus, confess with their mouth, that the, 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 the finalization of eternal life is done. Huh? That is ridiculous. That is ludicrous. Come on. So although it seems so simple, it's so very powerful because Christians and believers are baptized in something they cannot comprehend or understand. Thank God for my brother S. Lee, who always taught me. He said, Brother D, Pastor D, let me tell you something, son. He said, what needs to be, what's understood don't need to be explained. But though this message may be or sound simple to you, this message has to be explained because to the majority of the Christians and believers, huh? this verse of scriptures in Romans 6, 3 is not understood. So now I am explaining it. Isaiah 28, 9 says, God says, whom will I get? To teach knowledge. Whom will I get to understand the message? See, in Job, he says that if I can find one among a thousand, now he's saying in Isaiah, whom can I, whom will I get to teach knowledge? And whom will I get to teach the message? He says, here a little and there a little. Huh? He said, precept upon precept, line upon line. He says, those who are weaned from off the milk and those who are weaned from off the breast and those who are weaned from off the titty. He says, as long as you're on the titty and on milk, 
and on the breast, he says, you cannot comprehend the message of eternal life. Huh? But he said, I need one among a thousand that will teach it to those who will began to comprehend and understand. Oh, my God. God says, whom will I get to teach the message? Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little, line upon line. If Christ baptized more disciples than John found in, book, in the book of John 4.1, it had to be talking about and referring to Romans 6.3. Do you not know that as many, huh, as Christians and believers and saints of God were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? My brothers and sisters, so Christ's baptism, huh? Christ baptized us into the Lord Jesus' death the minute we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. This is powerful because if you can get this portion here, it's going to change a lot of things that you believe in. So we was baptized into the Lord Jesus' death the minute the confession with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. But what we couldn't comprehend was what they couldn't explain. They can't explain something you can't comprehend. If you don't know how to comprehend, if you can't explain what you don't comprehend, you can't comprehend what you can't explain. Huh? And Romans 4 says, therefore... Let me say this to you. Romans 4 says, and therefore, and furthermore, you hear what I'm saying? Romans 4 is heavy because it's bringing us into a place where God needs us to understand what exactly he's talking about and what exactly he's saying. So now look what Romans 4 says. Therefore, Christians and believers and saints of God were baptized with him through the baptism into his death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, hey, even so we too, hey, my God, should walk in the newness of life, should walk in the newness of eternal life. So even so we. I got to get out of there because I got some ways to go to finish up the message. I just, I'm just finished rehashing. I want to bring it back so you can have a clear understanding where we are going. Even so we. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Huh? Huh? Even so we too should walk in the newness of life. So now when God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he had no sin in his body. So now you can't please God in the body of Jesus that's dead. You have to please God's son, Jesus, the Lord Jesus body that has been raised. And when you are raised and understand the comprehension and understand the message, you began to realize Jesus body had no sin in it either. So even Jesus could not please God in the flesh. He lived in the flesh for 30 years and Christ came down from 42 generations. The father sent his son 42 generations as the bread and the flesh and the bread of eternal life and the bread of the flesh of the eternal life of God in a bodily form. But Jesus had sense enough to eat, pray for eternal life. And God gave it to him. So even so, we too 
Even Jesus know he couldn't have eternal life in the dead body that he was birthed through Mary, bones and body and water. Huh? Return back to God, eternal glory. Return back to God, eternal righteousness. Romans 8, 11, as we continue. Huh? My brothers and sisters, this is so powerful to me, and I'm trying to get through with this, and I think I am. It looks good right now. So let's go with it. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him, remember Romans 8, 10, the body's dead because of sin. Remember Romans 8, 9. You're not in the flesh. Remember Romans 8, 8. You can't please God in the flesh. You can't please God in the flesh, but you're not in the flesh, and your body's dead because of sin if Christ's body and the, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. So now we're on Romans 8, 11. But if the Spirit of him, and the promise of our Father, who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, and the Spirit of him, and the promise of our Father, who raised Christ from the dead, will also give eternal life to your mortal bodies or to your mortal flesh through the eternal Spirit or through the eternal Spirit of God who dwells in you. Come on! Do you believe thou this? But if the Spirit of him, and the promise of our Father, who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. And the Spirit of him and the promise of our Father, who raised Christ from the dead, will also give eternal life to your mortal bodies, to, or to your mortal flesh, through his eternal spirit, or through his eternal spirit of God that dwells in you. So now these bodies that been raised has no sin in it. So if you are in Christ, if any man in 2 Corinthians huh, 5, 17, if any man or any woman be in Christ, there is no sin in you. How? He or she is a new creation because the new creation has no sin or death in the body. And that new body that the new creation is has no flesh from a father or from a mother or from Mary, Jesus' mother, or Mary, Jesus' mother, and my mother, Mary, I have no sin in me because I have the body of God that the Lord Jesus, he raised from the dead. We were baptized into his death. We was baptized into his resurrection. We was buried with him in the baptism. We was raised with him in the newness of life. Come on. I got to get out of all that. Do you believe thou this, that you can live forever and not die? Hey, come on and declare the works of God. Do you believe that the body is dead because of sin? And if Christ be in you, according to Romans 8, 10, and do you believe that the eternal spirit of God and the eternal spirit of Christ that dwells in your mortal bodies and in your mortal flesh gives you eternal life? Do you believe thou this? Come on. Because if you do, you are going to have to know that you have eternal life and you will have to continue in knowing God has given you and God has given me has, and has promised me and has promised you eternal life. Because God taught Abraham how to manifest the promise of his son, Isaac, through eternal life. Because Abraham believed in God and it was imputed for him for righteousness. And God imputed to him for eternal life. This is heavy. 
Let's go to Romans 4, 17. God who gives eternal life to the dead and call those things that are dead and those things which do not exist yet as though, as though they did. So you need the language of God, but you need the body of the Christ that was raised from the dead without sin because Jesus' body came for sin, according to John 1, 29. But the body that was raised had no sin because God gave it a seed as he pleased. So now you got a body of Jesus that has no sin that was raised from the dead, and you got the body of Christ that was in the tomb who never died, and God still raised him. Huh? He where these two bodies is a picture of the bodies he made on the first sixth day when he made man in his own image and after his own likeness he took Christ and he made Christ from the celestial from out of 1 Corinthians 15 huh verse 14 15 39 and 40 he says in 39 and 40 he says there are different types of flesh all flesh ain't the same flesh but there was a celestial body and there's a terrestrial body but the terrestrial and the celestial has the glory of God God so now these two bodies that came from out of what God raised is now we possess as the power of his resurrection. God, this is heavy. And God says, now you got to stop saying tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die and oh, you're, the life is too short. God called those things as not as though they were. That's what Abraham did and produced a body inside of himself. And God promised him what he produced. He could manifest because God said, whatever I promise, I am able to perform. So God began to teach Abraham after, after 99 years, 100 years. Abraham started when he was 75 years old. Come on. Why can't you start today? Because God says, what I'm teaching you right now, God gives eternal life to the dead body and call those things that are dead, which do not exist yet, as though it did. We got to get this in. Look at our God and our Father, how he is training up his sons and his daughters, Christians and believers, in the way they should go, and they will not depart from God and Christ's teaching. Let's put this message in, in the correct perspective using scriptures. Second Corinthians 4.10 if we are always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the, that the eternal life of the Lord Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh or in our mortal body. And Romans 10, 9 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved. To verify the scripture is true, let's go back. Let's go to Luke 1, 77. Luke chapter 1, verse 77. Jesus comes to give the knowledge of salvation of God, of God, to God's people by the remissions of their sins through the tender mercy of God. But on the other hand, Christ is the author of eternal salvation. Let's go to Hebrew 5, 9. So now Christ being preferred, excuse me, Christ being perfect, and he became the author of eternal salvation. 
to all those who only to obey him and practice his teaching. Christ being perfect, and he became the author of eternal salvation. Now, Jesus came to give the knowledge of salvation in Luke 1, 77. But Christ came to give the glory, huh? And he became the author of the glory as the eternal salvation of God to all those who obey and practice his teaching. So you got to obey if Christ said, I'm the bread of life. And if they eat of this bread, they should not die and live forever. Not like your father and them ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. But if you eat of this bread, huh, you should live forever and not die. You have to obey Christ's teaching. Come on. You got to get out of that man teaching. The doctrine and the commandments of men has killed so many people. And in John 16, verse 1 and 2, he said that they think they, I'm writing this to you because they think they are doing, this, uh, doing God a service when they kill you, when they put you out of the synagogue, when they put you out of the house. They think they're doing God a service. And God says, if this earthly tabernacle or tent is dissolved. He says, I have another tabernacle, another house, another tabernacle, another synagogue, another tabernacle, another building. He says that it's built by God, made without hand. He said, I got another one for you. And you are letting them cheat you out of your reward. He's let you are letting them take you from out of the tent, the tabernacle and the house that God made without hand. The body that came through the shut doors when God raised Jesus and he raised Christ from the dead. The, 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 look at what he said. The spirit of him and the promise of our father who raised Jesus and raised Christ. You got to realize after that, they went through the doors that were shut. This is the body that had no sin in it. Oh, just because you are teaching the word of God as a minister. Oh, my God. Just because you're teaching the word of God as a pastor, just because you're teaching the word of God as a preacher, do not make you a parishioner of God in Christ. I'm going to say that again because I'm going to lose a lot of my church. Just because you're teaching the word of God as a minister or a pastor or a preacher does not make you a parishioner of God in Christ. Hebrews 5.12 says this here. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. The first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. First, let's explain huh? the first principles of the oracles of God. Do you know or do you not know? Even in Genesis after Adam and Eve sinned in chapter 3, in verse 21 and 23, 21 and 22, in Genesis chapter 3, 21, 22, go back and read it. He told them, he says, they have become like one of us. To know good, to have the knowledge of good and evil. Who was he talking about when he says they have become like one of us? See, Christ already knew. See, God already knew. 
He was prophesying about the future as Jesus being the word. When the word was made flesh, come on, he began to know good and evil when he was born as the son of Mary, as the son of man. When he was made from out of Mary's womb and every flesh go through the womb of a woman is full of sin. So therefore he had, he known sin and death when he came from out of Mary's body. So when Christ said that he has become like one of us, the Lord God said he has become like one of us. He was talking in prophecy way when Jeep 42 generations from that day. And then he says, look here, unless they put their hand unto the tree and eat from the tree of eternal life and live again. You can't make this stuff up and live again. Look, life. Forever, eternal, unless they eat from the tree of eternal life and live again. So way in Genesis, this message was taught in the Old Testament, way in Genesis chapter 3. I know this to be true. If you can't comprehend this being true, something might be wrong with you. I hate to say it like that. So everybody way back then. He gave, he, gave, he gave Adam and Eve access to get back into the tree of eternal life to live again. He sent his son Christ so that we can be like one of them to have eternal life. Hey, my God. They that are teaching need to be taught again the first principles of the oracle of God. Let's see what Hebrews 5.13 says about eternal life. Remember Proverbs 12, 28. In the way of righteousness is eternal life, and in the pathway there is no death. Now Hebrews 5, 13 says, For everyone, including Christians and believers and saints of God, including me, everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the words of righteousness, for he or she is a babe. Let's read that again. Now I did not say that, but I'm going to read it again. I just say, in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and, there, and death is not in the path. So in Hebrews 5.13 has to be saying to us, those out there who are teaching the word of God, and he or she is unskilled in the teaching of eternal life. That Peter says, Father, you got the word of eternal life. Where are we going to go? Huh? He says that. They that are out there who are teaching the words of God and he or she is unskilled in the teaching of eternal life where death is not in the pathway. You are a babe and you are teaching Christians, you are teaching Christians and believers to stay on milk. Why? Because you are teaching Christians and believers and saints of God that we all have to die. Tomorrow is not promised and life is too short. This could only mean that you are a parishioner as a parishioner of God in Christ or unskilled in the words of eternal life and you are considered a babe in Jesus. I didn't say a babe in Christ because a babe in Christ has left behind the teaching of Jesus. Even Jesus had to take off his diaper and put on the papal of Christ. Come on. Y'all got to get me out of this. This teaching here is solid food, and it all and it allows for us to discern and exercise and practice the words of eternal life. 
Peter said to Christ, Father, you have the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go in John 6, 68? If the word of God says he's going to judge the world and the people who live in it on the appointed day on eternal life in Acts 17, 31. Why? Because God is tired and sick and tired of people huh? giving death power over him, especially those saints of God and Christians and believe, huh? And believers and those who are out there worshiping the unknown gods who repeatedly confess with their mouth, who repeatedly believe in their heart, huh? Who repeatedly states in their mind and out of their mouth, because out of the mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue, who repeatedly confess in their mouth and believe in their heart. We all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and life is too short, especially them. God says, now I am who I am and now I am judging you on this appointed day, whether you are going to do, to speak my testimony and speak what I promise, because I know that my testimony and my promise is that I have promised you the eternal life. And if I can find myself a son, if I can find myself a daughter in the earthly realm in 2024, in 2024, that will teach knowledge on eternal life and teach knowledge on explaining the message on eternal life. I will make his or her flesh young like a child and return them back to the days of their youth. If I can find one among a thousand, come on, huh? a messenger or a mediator, if there is a messenger for him, if there is a message for God, if there's a messenger for God as a mediator, one among a thousand, to show the man and the woman of God his or her uprightness. Messenger means a person who carries documents or a person who carry a package with documents that are very important to the person or persons who received the message of the very important documents. A messenger, I'm going to repeat it again, is a person who carries documents or a person who carries a package with documents that are very important to the person or person who received the message of the very important documents. Huh? Abraham was considered God's messenger and a mediator. So the mediator means a person who attempts to take people who are involved in a conflict coming to an agreement. In other words, he or she is a go-between. Let me say that again. A mediator is a person who attempts to make people who are in conflict or in a conflict come into an agreement. In other words, he or she is a go-between. They actually assist and guide the parties huh, toward their own resolution and not the resolution of someone else's opinion, such as such as the Pharisees, such as the Sadducees, such as the scribes, such as the bishop, such as the pastor, such as the prophet, such as the apostle, such as the pastor and the preacher. So now I want you to realize that will teach God's message and get them to understand and believe in the message that Christ taught us on pertaining eternal life. Are you willing? Are you will my? Are you will people? Or you will continue as my people to be destroyed for a lack of knowledge.
and continue to believe what all their spiritual church leaders and their loved ones says to them all the time. We all have to die. And tomorrow is not promised. And life is too short. Or will they continue to believe what God taught Christ to teach? In John 12, 50, that our Father has promised us eternal life. And we can live forever and not die. Like our fathers and mothers had died in the wilderness because they ate manna. That what is it? Food. They ate that what is it? Food. Get off the that what is it? Food. That means you're unskilled in the words of eternal life. If you're still eating that what is it? Food. Manna. Isaiah 28, 9, 10 says, Whom will I get to teach knowledge and understand the message? Isaiah 55, 11, huh? 10 and 11 says, My words will not return to me void. Come on. He said, I, it will prosper in what I sent it to do. So if God says, I promise you eternal life, why would you let it be something different from what they're teaching you? Job 33, 24, 26 says, Then God will be gracious to him or her and says, Deliver him or her from going down to the pit or going down to the grave or going down to death. God says, I have found himself a ransom. If we are taught, if we are bought with a, if we are bought with a price by God, you are considered a ransom. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for we are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your tongue. Glorify God in your spirit. Glorify God in your mind. Glorify God in your soul. Why? Because you belong to God. Huh? Isaiah 58, 11 says, If we obey and believe in the testimony of God and the teaching of Christ, he will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a water garden and a spring of water who water does not fail. There, those from among you shall build the old places, huh? the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. Those from among you shall build up the old waste waste places and you shall build up a foundation you shall raise up a foundation for God huh many generations if I can find one among a thousand and you shall be called the repair of the breach and the restore of the streets huh and the path to dwell in if you can find God can find one among a thousand my brothers and sisters I want you to realize and if you honor God in the teaching of Christ and not doing your own ways not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words, then God will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and then he will feed you with the heritage of his promise of eternal life and live forever and not dying in this body of your flesh. And the mouth of the Lord has spoken. My brothers, you got to get me out of this. If there be a messenger... Huh? For a mediator. Do God have a person who would attempt to make people who evolve in a conflict over the words of eternal life? He promised us come into an agreement with the doctrines of Christ's teaching and the doctrines of God's teaching over the doctrines and the commandments of man's teaching. Is there among you, is there one among a thousand? You hear what I'm saying? 
I'm telling you, a messenger, a mediator, who will restore to man or restore to woman his eternal righteousness, his eternal glory, his eternal life through his eternal son. Is there one among a thousand? Will there be someone in the earthly realm, a spiritual church leader, an apostle, a bishop, a prophet, a prophetess, an evangelist, or a pastor or preacher in 2024 that would teach my people and my sons and daughters eternal life and that they can live forever and not die? Will I find one among a thousand or will my spiritual church leaders continue to teach my people, my sons and daughters and saints of God, they all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and, and, and life is too short. If I can just find one among a thousand huh, to teach the words of eternal life like my son Christ was commanded to teach in John 12, 50. If I can just find, God said, one person among a thousand that would teach the words of eternal life if I can just find, thank you, Father. Return back to God's eternal glory and God's eternal life. This is Pastor D coming to you live right? from out of Atlanta, Georgia. If I can find, here I am, Father, one among a thousand that would taste the words of eternal life. Get glory. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever. Amen.